1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God is not the author of confusion. All that stuff is confusing. If you have everybody standing up and speaking and interrupting each other, it's confusing. God is not the author of confusion. So if you see something, if you're watching something on television or online, you go to a church service somewhere, and it's all very confusing to you what's going on, it's not God. It's not, it's probably the flesh.
2: When you go to a county fair, there are mazes or fun houses that have all kinds of crazy routes of confusion. You start to see things through distorted mirrors. People might start jumping out at you and startling you, breaking your train of thought. Well, today, Pastor Dan expresses something that may be unpopular with some, but he'll give you a good understanding from Scripture about the purpose of some of the spiritual gifts that God gives to people. It's never for show, and it's not confusing. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: When the church is gathered, we need to communicate in a way that edifies the church, that everyone understands so that everyone is edified. Look at verse 7. He gives us an example now, an illustration. Everything without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle, even with musical instruments, he says. There, there's, there must be a distinction in the sounds for people to understand what's being played. He goes on in verse 9 to say, So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. When the church is gathered together, unless what is spoken is spoken in a language that is easy for everyone to understand, no one will know what is said, and you might as well be speaking in the air if you're speaking in an unknown tongue. Because nobody's tracking with you. Nobody's understanding what you're saying. Maybe some of you aren't tracking with me right now. I'm speaking English. I don't know what else to do. Now look at verse 10. There, may, there are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Again, a person with a gift of tongue speaks to God and not to people. And they speak in a real language. That's what he's getting at here in verse 10. A human language. Now, it may be an obscure language, but it's a real language. A language they don't know. Uh, it, some believe it may even include an angelic language because of back in, uh, back in chapter 13, verse 1, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, so there, it may be angelic languages as, as well. But it's a hum- there are human languages That are given as a gift. Therefore, verse 11. If I do not know the meaning of the language. I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. If I don't know the meaning. I don't understand what's being said. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts. Let it be for the edification of the church. That you seek to excel. Paul says you're, you're zealous for spiritual gifts. That's a good thing. But excel in edifying the church. That should be your focus when we are talking about the gifts of the spirit. The edification of the church. Speaking in a known language in the church gathering is edifying. Speaking in an unknown language, the gift of tongues, even though what you're saying may be glorifying God, no one understands what you're saying. Now verse 13. Therefore. Let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret or give the meaning in the language that everyone understands for if I pray in a tongue notice my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful when a person prays in tongues their spirit prays so I'm not praying with my intellect I'm not praying with my you know with my knowledge my own understanding my spirit prays. Romans eight twenty six says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered." My spirit prays. Paul says, "But my understanding is unfruitful." Paul says, "I, I don't understand what I'm saying when I pray in tongues. I don't understand the words I'm speaking, but my spirit prays on my behalf." and i 'm edified in the spirit, even though i don 't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. so then what is the conclusion? Verse fifteen? I will pray with the spirit, I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Notice Paul even sang and the spirit he didn't just speak in tongues he sang in tongues and, and paul 's point here is there are times when it is appropriate to pray and sing in the spirit. And there are times when it's appropriate to pray and sing with understanding. When we are in the public assembly, the gathered gathered together with the church, uh, we should pray and sing with understanding so that the body of Christ is edified. But if I'm, you know, uh, alone in my personal devotional time or, uh, if I'm with a, maybe a small group of believers that I know very well, uh, then it would be appropriate to pray and sing in the spirit, but not the public assembly of the church, unless there's an interpreter there who can interpret. Otherwise, verse 16, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say, amen, at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand What you say, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edify. If you pray in tongues in the church assembly, how can others say Amen to what you're saying? They can't understand you. Amen means so be it, or let it be, let it be done. How can someone agree with your prayer if they don't really know what you're you're praying? It doesn't doesn't edify the church. Now look at verse eighteen. Look what Paul says here. He says, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul doesn't oppose the gift of tongues. He's concerned about the proper use and exercise of the gift of tongues in the church. Paul, notice verse 18. Paul had the gift of tongues. He thanked God for the gift of tongues. And he used the gift of tongues often. Paul spoke in tongues more than anyone else, he says. Let me just ask you a question. How would you feel if someone came up to you and said, I speak in tongues all the time. I pray in tongues all the time. I even sing in tongues. Would that make you uncomfortable? Would you think, man, this this guy's like wacko charismatic get me away from this guy well that's what paul said about himself the apostle paul said that about himself in his use of the gift of tongues paul considered the gift of tongues a great blessing in his life he says i thank my god i speak with tongues more than you all yet in the church and that's the key In the church, when we're gathered together in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Paul says, in the church, I'd rather speak with words that everyone understands so that I can teach them and so that everyone is edified than speaking in tongues. I don't believe that the Apostle Paul spoke in tongues in the church assembly because it didn't edify the church. And so he says, man, when I'm gathered together with the church, I want to speak in a way that you understand so that I can teach you, so that I can edify you with words that you understand. He goes on in verse 20 to say, Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Now, Paul here, he he quotes uh, Isaiah chapter 28, and this is interesting what he says here, and try to track with this, Uh, This is a prophecy out of Isaiah 28. This is a prophecy about the Assyrian army invading and conquering the northern kingdom of Israel. That's when men of other tongues and other lips speak to this people. The people of Israel refused to listen to God who spoke to the people plainly through the prophets. So now they will hear men who speak with unknown tongues in the land. Referring to the Assyrians. This prophecy that Paul quotes is actually talking about those unknown tongues in the land being God's judgment against the people. Hearing other tongues in the land is a sign of God's judgment against God's people. Take it to the New Testament. On Pentecost, when the disciples spoke with unknown tongues, that was actually a sign of judgment against Israel. The people of Israel rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. They crucified him. Then 50 days later, after the crucifixion on Pentecost, the disciples were speaking with foreign tongues in the city of Jerusalem. So it was actually a sign of judgment against Israel's unbelief and a sign of judgment against Israel's rejection of their Messiah, Jesus Christ, that people were speaking in tongues in Jerusalem. or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it.
2: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
1: So he says now in verse 22, Therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, verse 23, if the whole church comes together, again, he's talking about the church gathering, whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues. And there comes in those who are uninformed or unbelievers. Will they not say that you are out of your mind? When the church is gathered together, if all speak with, in tongues, which apparently was happening in the church in Corinth, someone who is uninformed or an unbeliever who happens to come into that church service will think you're all out of your minds. You're crazy. Verse 23 is a good verse for you to memorize and quote to people. You're out of your mind. And you know, thus saith the Lord, <laughs> you know, you're out of your mind. It's a sign for the unbeliever in that sense. He's going to come in and think you're, you're all crazy. Back in Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit's poured out on the day of Pentecost. They all spoke in tongues. And that's exactly how the unbelievers responded. Acts chapter 2, verse 12, the people, it says, were all amazed and perplexed. They were confused. Others mocked, saying, they're full of new wine. They're drunk. They're out of their mind. That's what this is. So when the whole church comes together, if people speak in tongues, the uninformed, the unbeliever, will think, you're crazy. And again, maybe you've been in, in an environment, in a church, where people spoke in tongues, and it was unsettling for you to see. it. Maybe you thought, what is going on? Maybe you'd never heard of tongues before, and you're, what, what is happening? They're out of their minds. It's, it's, not, it's not edifying. Remember, we're to excel in edification, Now, verse 24, he says, but if all prophesy, if all speak the word of God and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed by the word of God. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Edification. Goes on in verse 26. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Right? So when they gathered together, their church service was different from ours. Everybody kind of shared. But Then he says at the end of verse 26, let all things be done for Edification. That's, that's the goal here. What is going to edify the body? If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each one in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. To, you know, speak to himself and God. Just pray Silently. So here he's giving order. You know, if you're going to have somebody speak in tongues in your church service, only do it if there's an interpreter there. Only allow two or at the most three people, each in turn. Again, it seems that in Corinth, everybody's speaking in tongues and everybody's speaking in tongues at the same time. An unbeliever who comes in is going to say, this is crazy. These people are crazy. Because if you're going to allow speaking in tongues, well, then make sure it's done in order. Take turns, only two or three, and only if there's an interpreter, if there's not an interpreter there, then let him just keep silent, pray to himself, and pray to God. Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Again, in Corinth, it seems... People were just kind of talking over each other and interrupting each other during the church service. Someone would be in the middle of sharing something from the Lord and someone else would stand up and interrupt and start sharing something else. And then someone would stand up and speak in tongues. And you, you've got all of this stuff going on at the same time. And so Paul says, you know, you need to do it one at a time. There needs to be some order here. You know, if verse 30, if, if something is revealed to somebody who's sitting there in the congregation, wait your turn. Before you say, don't just stand up and start talking and interrupting others. In verse 32, I love that he puts this one in there. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. You know what he's saying in verse 32? You have control over yourself. Why do you think he puts that in there? Because he knows that people are going to say, I couldn't help myself. The Holy Spirit just came upon me, and I was so compelled by the Holy Spirit to just stand up in the middle of the service and give an utterance in tongues, or I was so compelled by the Holy, Holy Spirit just took control of my mouth, and I stood up and I had to just speak the word of the, you don't want to quench the, what the Spirit's doing, right? And so Paul says, "No, no, no. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophet. You, you've got control. You can sit there. You can keep your mouth shut. And here's why. Here's why. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. And all that stuff is confusing. If you have everybody standing up and speaking and interrupting each other, it's confusing. God is not the author of confusion. So if you see something, if you're watching something on television or online, you go to a church service somewhere, and it's all very confusing to you what's going on. It's not God. It's, not, it's probably the flesh. He's not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. And here, here at Calvary Chapel, uh, we believe all the gifts of the Spirit are for today, including the gift of tongues, gift of prophecy, all of them but you're never going to see a bunch of people standing up speaking in tongues during the church service, or you're never going to see hopefully someone stand up and interrupt the service because they have a word from the Lord for the congregation. Because uh, I believe we, we believe that uh, the Holy spirit is ministering through the gift of teaching and the Holy Spirit is not going to interrupt himself to now minister through the gift of prophecy. That doesn't even make sense that the Holy Spirit would interrupt himself ministering through one gift to now use a different gift. That doesn't, the Holy Spirit wouldn't do that. It doesn't make sense. And that would be very confusing. Everything should be done decently and in order. Look down at verse 39. Uh, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues uh, in the church, speaking words that everyone can understand that builds up the whole church, the whole body. So he says, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. He's not saying you should never speak in tongues. Just know the proper purpose and use and place of tongues in the church. Tongues edifies the individual and not the congregation. Verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Things were not being done decently, things were in disorder when it came to the gifts of the Spirit in the church in Corinth. God wants to communicate to his church through the gifts. He wants to minister to his church through the gifts of the Spirit. But that can't happen if things are done in a disorderly way way so the gift of tongues is a supernatural ability to pray or praise god in an unknown language that's unknown to the speaker it's always to direct it's always directed to god and not to people and it's for personal edification and the gift of tongues is a way of communicating and expressing yourself to god that is beyond your understanding that is not limited by your intellect or your vocabulary or your ability to articulate yourself. Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And I I would say to you, if you struggle to express yourself in prayer or you struggle to express yourself in praise to God, ask him for the gift of tongues. Paul says, earnestly desire the best gifts. Maybe that would be the best gift for you if you just you, you struggle with expressing yourself to the Lord in prayer. Now, don't ask for the gift of tongues to prove anything. To prove that you have the baptism with the Holy Spirit or to prove that you have salvation. The gift is not, not to prove anything. But the gift of tongues is a wonderful gift given by the Holy Spirit to help us express ourselves to God and is useful for our own personal edification. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how carefully you lay things out for us in your word. And Lord, we know that uh, you give these gifts to us to bless us. And Lord, you give the gifts of the spirit to edify the church, to edify your church, to build up your church and to strengthen your church, Lord. And Lord, we, we do earnestly desire the best gifts, whatever the best gifts may be for each of us. And whatever the best gifts may be for us corporately as a congregation. And so, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know
0: and I say bring sure. True-
2: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Joel, and he has more to share with you next time. In Joel 2.25, it says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Are you in a season that relates to this verse? Perhaps there are circumstances that seem impossible to restore, and yet... God gives these kinds of promises in the Bible, proving that He desires to rescue and restore the things that are broken and seemingly destroyed. If you're in a devastating place, feeling hopeless about the metaphorical locus in your life, would you call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask God for healing from this trial. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this Old Testament prophecy book. Pastor Dan has more to share from the book of Joel here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
0: recognize (laughs) we <laughs>